comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. By the Hammer of Thor, that was a fine movie. What are you talking about, man? Don't you know, fellow mortal, of which film I speak? From your voice, I'm going to say Thor the Dark World? Ha! <laughs> Silly mortal, you have no wit. Dude, you just said you were a mere mortal like me, like two seconds ago. Yes, well that was two seconds ago. Now more like three or four. I was speaking... I was speaking... Uh, Abe, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. You know we're talking about Captain America next week, right? Not Thor. Ha! <laughs> Yeah, I I know. What? <laughs> Dude, it's all good, man. You still have time to check out... Father, why have you banished me to Earth like a mere mortal? Dude! That's the wrong movie! Then you are an old man and a fool. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. In, in, introduction. Recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is Abe. Aloha, friends. Out now is a film podcast, and Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring a discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games, and, and other, other fun, fun stuff. stuff. This is episode one forty-five. You heard that right, one forty-five. God. Getting close. That's right. And for those astute listeners that maybe just listen to these episodes and not the commentaries or save those, you might have noticed that last week was 143. Um, we, I cheated a bit um, because we, I titled 144 after our Captain America commentary, which is out now, and it's a lot of fun and very informative, packed with info. Scott's on that one, too. Oh, my God. I am. It's a good one. You guys are like uh, the, the first Avengers. That's right. Yeah. But um, I've I've uh, I cheated a bit. I made that one four 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 and four four, and this one four five because I really want the 150th episode to fit in a nice little time slot that I have picked out for it. Scheduling. Yeah, it's uh, it's for the sake of scheduling. But yeah, I mean, I'm... it's not really a cheat. I mean, The Rock has cheat days on his diet too, so you know. There you go. So we're there just, you go. We're just following The Rock. The, the Rock's rules. That's the next movie he's coming out with. I, but I, I'm sure that people are just yelling at their, their iPods like, oh my god, I can't believe this is 145. Like, they did something weird. But yeah, that's... that's I mean, technically, we've done over 145 already. Yeah, so. we, we're technically... We're actually closer to 200. <laughs> if you really want to count every <laughs> single episode we've done on the show. But, um, for the sake of, uh, the, you know, the podcast government or what... I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> what movie are you guys doing on 150? Because that's... Uh... Oh, you'll be surprised. That's right between Spider-Man and Godzilla. 
uh, that's why, because we aren't going to do a movie for one thing. Ah. Well, but that's a, that's a fun tease for what we are going to do, which I'm not going to reveal right now. But we are going to. So you're not going to do Mom's Night Out or Dorothy of Oz or whatever? Uh, Neighbors comes out Dorothy also. Neighbors, yeah, yes, it, fair it is, enough. It is Dorothy of Oz. That's it was actually that. Ah. Thanks for no, no, there is a uh, we got so we have something special planned for one. Fair enough. Which, uh, you, which you'll be involved in, by the way. Oh, so, will I? Yeah. Surprise! <laughs> Can you make it? Yeah. Sure. But, um, yeah, so that's that's coming soon. That, that's a lot of teasing. Um, and, yeah, we have that commentary up, and that's all good, too. Um, what else in terms of announcement stuff? Uh, let's put this one out there, uh, because we just read about this before we started the show. Mickey Rooney has passed away. Um, that's unfortunate. I like Mickey Rooney. I, I mean... I, I wouldn't say I grew up with everything Mickey Rooney did, but I certainly knew his presence as a, as a you know child and you know now. And ninety three, he's quite quite old, and he you know he had a long healthy career. He's still doing stuff all the way to you know now. I assume he probably filmed scenes for Night at the Museum three, if I had to guess. Like he's just been all over the place. But uh, Scott, do you have any r- good memories of Mickey Rooney? Nothing good. <laughs> Nothing good. No, no, I. I... I liked him, but I was never "quote unquote" a fan per yeah. se. Yeah, it's like I don't like go out of my way to see Mickey Rooney movies, but still, it's like I. When I was when I was much younger, I used to get him confused with Mickey Rourke, which was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about. So, wait a minute, of... Mickey Rooney has sex with Kim Basinger while frying eggs. <laughs> Fair enough. That was the best scene. He had a youthful enthusiasm <laughs> doing his early career, which Mickey I Rourke is in the Muppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, rest in peace, Mickey Rooney. Uh, so let's put on a show in his honor. Um, moving on. iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those. Helps out the show. Uh, helps other people find the show. We have a, a brand new review on iTunes, which um, yeah. I, I really like. It was really nice. It's from uh, Shirley1014. I, I'm just going to pronounce it that way. Uh, uh, I'm just going to read some of it here. The highlight of my podcasting week is the latest episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. I enjoy the verb in which they attack reviews and the fact that they extend the reviews beyond the movie with games, know everybody, movie callbacks, uh, and these are complemented by their extensive knowledge of movie history. Speaking of know everybody, they have an impressive array of guests, reviewers, which also adds to the value of the podcast. The guests play a much larger role on their bonus commentary episodes for movies, which are also incredibly hilarious. I'm going to stop there because that's just that's just good. That's all Thank true, you. for one yeah. thing. That's, that's what I like to think of it. But, Here's uh, a gold star, Scott. Yeah, Scott's Scott's involved yeah. in a lot of those commentaries. He is. Yes, I am. He's on, he's, knowledge. He's on that yeah. list of the array he's of like, guests. He's like you. Professor Mendelssohn. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer Count Mendelssohn. Count, Count Dooku Mendelssohn. <laughs> With all this talking, I forgot to introduce the fact that Scott is talking on this week's episode and that the fact that this week's episode is Captain America the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I didn't say any of that at all. <laughs> People know. People know. People people know. They no, didn't see the poster. People didn't. Uh, yeah, people didn't uh, download this onto their iPod, not look at the title, and then press play of the newest Out Now episode and be like, "Huh, I wonder what they're talking about this week." Like, you mean we're not talking about Island of Lemurs, Madagascar? Guard <laughs> yeah. it. Coming not. up next. I yeah. saw that for nothing. Uh, but I, I had a clever intro written out for you and everything. So let me let me. I'm gonna do that right now. Here it is. Let's go to the Wayback Machine. We'll go to the Wayback right now. Let's get it. <laughs> One of, one of Scott's favorite movies of the year, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Uh, <laughs> uh, from Forbes, viciously killing off everyone he can to stop a Goonie sequel from happening, it's Scott Mendelson. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know how old they are now? I mean, one of them's been to Hobbiton. So. Yes. The, and back again. And back. <laughs> Most of them are older than Robert Davi was in the first film. Wow. People, people love Robert Dobby, dude. They're like, man, is Robert Dobby coming back for the sequel? That's what they're saying. 
Uh. Not Joe Pants. <laughs> not Judge <laughs> Bro. They're like, is Robert Davi coming back? Stop stalling and tell me that answer. <laughs> What was the last thing he you was know that? not coming back? Josh Brolin. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> After old boy, he might. Yes. Um, <laughs> Data really needs to work. What was right. Robert Davi like recently? And I feel like I saw him in something fairly like newish. Uh, oh, the Iceman. That's right. He was in the Iceman. Oh, right, that, right, right. that movie's terrible. It really is oh. awful. Oh. Uh, poor Michael Shannon. Uh, yeah, that happened. Anyway. Moving on from the, that that brief from Goonies that news that we had. Great segue. Yeah, getting back to the, getting back to that iTunes review thing. That was really nice. I really like getting Thanks, that. Shirley. And um, as we we set up the goal last week that we only need we only want we need we had seven episodes till 150, and we wanted to get seven new iTunes reviews. We're one. We only have six to go. Six is nothing. Oh my god, I could I could write six right now if it wasn't my own show. I'd do yeah, it. Yeah, right well, like yeah, don't do that. It's falsely inflated. Yeah, that's falsely inflated. But huh. you guys at home. Or on a jog, or in the car, or wherever you are listening to this episode. Which well, is... don't don't talk in text. Well, no, I'm not saying I'm not <laughs> I saying mean, that. Don't, don't drive in text. Well, yeah, you're not gonna. That'd be weird, right? You ask Siri to write an iTunes review for you, and you start texting. If you did do that while you're at home at your computer, record it and send it to us at outnowpodcast@gmail.com because we'd love to see Siri writing that out for what us. What a fun focus show we have right now! My God, we're talking about Siri texting iTunes reviews to our iTunes page. <laughs> but yeah. We are and hitting every board. Regardless, we'd love to get six new iTunes reviews. It'd be great. It'd be great for our show. It'd be great to help other people find the show. And I'm bringing back the raffle. I said before, but we didn't get too many, so I didn't want to do this. What? We're, after we get a certain number of reviews, ideally six, we're going to put everyone's name into a raffle, and I'll pick two names out of that raffle, and I'll just send you send you winners some Blu-rays for free, because I have a bunch of Blu-rays God, let that one of those names be me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you'd made a different moniker, yeah. <laughs> Not Scott Mendelson. <laughs> just get get have your daughter set up a Apple account, and uh, <laughs> she's just gonna be typing random letters. Like, she's smart enough; she can write she like. Could probably pull it off. She can write like good. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. Anyway, my money. Let's move on. We are talking about Captain, the, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. That is the plan for this episode. But let's do let's do our regular let's do our stuff first before we get there. We'll get there, guys. It's happening. All right. Yeah. Let's do a little know everybody. Each week we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and we get to know no, everybody. everybody. Wow, that was pretty good this week. It was all right. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start this one off. Uh, Scott Mendelson. Yes. Would you rather be a deckhand on a helicarrier or a lab assistant in Stark Tower? Well, considering Stark Tower has only been slightly attacked, while every helicarrier seems to crash into a fiery blaze of death, <laughs> I think I would have to go with the uh, lab assistant at Stark Towers. Oh, God, this really isn't a either-or question, but since it's kind of in the news right now, do you still do you still pay attention to professional wrestling? And if not, when did you stop? That is a good question, actually. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm... I have not paid attention recently. I'm quite surprised I, that so many of my friends seem to. Like, I don't pay yeah. attention at all. Yeah. I, I stopped paying attention back in the Razor Ramon Tatanka days when it was still WWF before they made WWE and there was still WCW. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I kind of stopped after that. And then, but I guess all those storylines are still going with some of the uh, original guys like The Undertaker and whomever else, even though uh, Paul Bearer has passed away. So. You have like the new crowd too, like John Cena and Dave Batista, and um, the Rock. Oh, still really enjoy going back whenever he can. Yeah. 
Um, no, I, I, I distinctly remember WrestleMania four. Cause that was the one where they, they literally had a fake referee that was working for the bad guys that threw the match <laughs> for, uh, under the giants to defeat Hulk Hogan. That was actually what led up to WrestleMania four. That was sort of the, this will be resolved at WrestleMania four thing. Um, but I don't remember WrestleMania five. So it's probably been about 26 years. Hmm. Oh. I think the last time I paid attention was when the Nintendo 64 game WWE versus or WWE versus W W Raw or something like that came out, and I was like, that game was pretty cool because you could design. That was like the first time I designed my own wrestler. But after that, I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm good. <laughs> there was this one wrestling game on. I think it was I think it was the GameCube or the N64, one of the, the older systems. It was a wrestling game with with Hulk Hogan and them, and you actually had an action plot where you ran around and you could kill people. What? You know, running around in your wrestling gear. Yeah, you could you could throw people off you know buildings. You could you know brutally beat them into you know a bloody mess. Uh, it was fun. Well worth the ten dollars I bought it used for at the local you know the exchange back in the day. Nice. The exchange. I like that. It used to be called the record exchange, but then records stopped existing, so they changed the exchange. I found it. WCW slash NWO Revenge. That was NWO. the game. Interesting. Uh, that was New World the... Order. Holy and I God. was a fan of the WWF Superstars arcade game. I, I really liked watching Celebrity Deathmatch when that was on. <laughs> <laughs> that that definitely counts. The one I distinctly remember is Gary Oldman versus Chris Walken, with the joke being that they were all they were both very polite to each other and didn't want to fight. <laughs> I like that. All right, Aaron. Yo. What product placement ad would you get from Captain America and the Winter Soldier? Um, I don't remember any. You don't remember any of the product placement ads? No. Balance, laundry sheets, Coke, <laughs> Pepsi, bubble yum, winter fresh gum, Hershey's chocolate bars. So you're saying all these, and like I'm sure they're probably in there, but I do not remember any of that. Oh, there was a lot. The gum one, maybe, but I didn't remember the brand. Yeah. I just remember there was gum. Bubblelicious. I, I don't... I, it's the thing that never distracts me in movies, ever. Like, you have to go really, you have to go really far out of your way to distract you. You have to go man of steel level to pull me out of a movie like that. Like, <laughs> literally, we're gonna fight in an IHOP. Like yes. even then, it's like I don't expect these places not no. to be in these these yeah, places. Like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe something something triggered a craving or something. You're just like, yeah. yeah the I only think. like sign I remember was just the one that said like bank. Like <laughs> that's not even anything. It just said bank. Because <laughs> I, that's not the. Se- I know it's not the second time. Because the first time I was watching, it's like, why are they all in a bank? And then I realized the second time, it's like, oh, because there's a step a step shot that said bank. <laughs> Makes sense. I, I did notice when I watched it the second time that, to their credit, nobody is killed in a product placement-related store. There you go. That's good. Um, Abe. Yeah. Captain America is a pretty good runner, I think you'd say. How were you as a sprinter? Oh, you know, I was uh, eh, middle of the pack, maybe at the end, you know? Maybe like second leg and the four-by-one? Well, I mean, I like third leg, turn. third leg, yeah, third leg, third leg, third leg. Yeah, that's such inside <laughs> info that I'm like throwing at you because we both like, ran I track think you together. You actually handed off the baton to me a few times. <laughs> yeah, there was one time I, I, I think you gazelle hopped because we missed yep. her. That <laughs> is a that is a time that is a story that can be saved for another time. <laughs> I have no idea what any of you people are talking about. Abe and I, I ran can... track together. I barely run to my mailbox. <laughs> Good old high school. Anyhow, yeah. right. Scott Mendelson. <laughs> yes. Would Captain America be cooler riding a bicycle with a helmet or a bike without a helmet? Is one of these the bike from Goonies that shot at uh, Josh Brolin rides? <laughs> Negative. Okay. It's, well, it's kind of like a road racer bike, you know, Tour de France. Not wearing a helmet is stupid. So, yes. Sir. But 
all bike helmets look ridiculous. So if you're going purely for visuals, no helmet. If you're going for somebody that I can respect, got to have the helmet. Totally agree. Yep. Okay, I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna do a lazy question, uh, Abe. Um, there are several characters in Captain America that are. They have big roles, you know, bigger than just fleeting cameos. Who do you think most of, would you like to see in a spinoff film or even a spinoff like, you know, forty-five minutes short? That's not lazy. That's a good question. It's a good question. I mean, Fair enough. quite First honestly, time, it took me three years, but I finally got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> quite honestly, um, I think that the uh, the backstory behind the Black Widow would be pretty interesting. It was kind of brought up in the Avengers when Loki is chatting with her and and bringing up all the evils that she's done and. Uh, all the missions that she's been on with Hawkeye as well, and I'm kind of curious to see where that might go and and how dark they could make that um, if it's dark at all. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a good one. So, mm. do you guys have a answer for that? Uh, I'd probably agree with Black Widow just for now. I'd just be more interested to see other characters I haven't seen yet. Really, that's true. Yeah. But of of those, uh, Doctor Strange. Cause yeah, well, that, that's 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 going to happen. So. Yeah. Uh, for me, actually, and and I wouldn't mind seeing the background of Colby Smulders' character just because we know nothing about her. You know, she's been in True. two movies, oh. pretty large parts, I would argue, and we know literally nothing about her. Do you find her any? Do you find her interesting at all? Only in that I know the actress, and it's kind of fun to watch her pop up there. And she is quite attractive. Well, that too. That goes without saying. Thanks, Abe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just give it to the people what they want. I don't know why there's an echo. Anyway, I think that's uh, solved the question. Yeah, that's, I think we've uh, sufficiently figured out how to know everybody. Woo! Let's move on now. Let's get that now, quickies. Yeah. This is where we go over some of the other movies of the week, because we always see one movie of the week, but we always have other movies that we all see during the week. How's that now, quickies? Yep. I was waiting for the... I got you, you finally got there. Keep an Abe on his toes. <laughs> Man. All right. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? Yes, I saw The Raid 2, and it was amazing. So we'll get to that, I guess, uh, later. But I definitely like the way that the story arcs. I, I loved... I can't I wait to talk about this next week on next week's yeah. show. <laughs> Timeline. Uh, go see it. Go see it if you haven't. And Or if you haven't seen it, watch The Raid, and then go see The Raid 2. Is that it? That's it. Scott? I've actually seen a crap load of stuff. Um, mainly because I've been on a VOD binge. Um, a lot of good cheap, stuff on VOD lately. Really is. I mean, this is you know. Anyway, Cheap Thrills is very good, but I'm sure you guys have talked about that before. I did. I so liked in light of it. that, I actually liked Thirteen Sins quite a bit, which is a sli- slightly similar premise. It's a slightly. It's also more slightly more stylized film. Yeah. Um. I watched this based picture. on. I watched this based on your recommendation. Yeah. Um. Whether he, I, I like Thirteen Sins a little bit better, but I'm certainly not going to begrudge either or. They're both very good at what they're trying to do. I think Cheap Thrills ends a little better, but that's beside the point. Um, I saw something. It came out on VOD about a month and a half ago, and I just caught up with it. Uh, Odd Thomas. That's the Stephen Summers film. Yes. I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Um, It's a Stephen Summers film. It's an adaptation of a Dean Koontz novel. It stars... Anton Yelchin. Thank you, because I I really... Yeah. And I wish I could remember the name of the female lead in it, because she is absolutely terrific. Um. You know, she's basically just the girlfriend, but let's be honest. But it's just a wonderfully well-written... Every The dialogue is wonderful for everybody. Willem Dafoe is in it. He's having a great time. It's basically about a kid that can see the you know, ghosts and occasionally solves mysteries. 
the gimmick being is that pretty much everybody who needs to know who knows him believes him. So there's oh, a certain level of fun and and banter to the whole process that you know he's not trying to hide his powers. He's not dealing with cops that don't believe him or whatever. And it just it's an R-rated movie with with more than its share of violence and gloom, but it's a really weirdly upbeat film. It's very happy and and joyful. And yeah. it doesn't look cheap. I mean, you can tell that it only went to VOD because this is unfortunately the time we're in where everything that isn't a super mega movie, you know, often goes to VOD. Um, but it, it is a diamond in the rough. I really, really enjoyed it. That's yeah. good to hear. I li- Cause I like Steven Sommers, like some yeah. movies notwithstanding, like he, I, and you mentioned cheering up beat that, I mean, dead rise, like before his mummy movies, he had dead rise, dead, yeah. uh, dead, not dead rise. Is it dead rise? No, it's not. Yeah. That's a game. Deep rising. Uh, deep rising. Thank you. And I mean that one, it's R-rated, but it also has a similar kind of upbeat spirit. Like it has a it has the spirit of the Mummy before there was a Mummy movie, yeah, which was um, much more broad. And like even like you had that Jungle Book movie, and like obviously GI Joe. Like it's just yeah. like <laughs> it's weird that I, he's making VOD stuff. But yeah. well, I mean, I I wish more people had seen it because it's a kind of it's a kind of project that would get you out of director's jail. Oh, nice. Because that's where it seems like he is if he's making yeah. a VOD movie. And I like Anton yeah. Yelchin quite a bit. So. I, yeah, I like Anton Yelchin as yeah. well. The, the cover of this movie, I mean, the, the poster looks like an R.L. Stein book, and that looks fun and cheeky. It looks like Constantine. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> um, but no, it's, 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 I highly recommend it. Um, Addison Timlin is the name of the female actress. Thank you. She was, in, uh, she was recently in That Awkward Moment. Which, uh, have you, did you see that? Oh, yeah. Was she actually good in that? It was just a matter of her actually having something to do in this one. Um, the act, the I, actresses weren't bad in the movie as as far as acting goes. It's just that the movie gave them just really yeah. bad parts to play. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. It's like when they when they weren't the like when they weren't like sex crazy. They're like, hey, I'm actually having a good conversation with this person. That's like, yeah. that's the females in those movies. But let's get back to the sex crazy, and that's what the movie does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But no, I, I I absolutely recommend seeing that one at your leisure. Cool. Yes. I'll check that out. Um. Yeah, and there's a few. I, mean, I saw Sabotage. I liked it more than you did, Aaron, just by default, but not by much. I like the you know the dialogue with the cops, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'll move on because they're okay. Yeah. I've seen a few things. I saw Thirteen Sins also just because you recommended it, and I think it's fine. Like I I like yeah. Cheap Thrills quite a bit more, but I still think I like the I like I like uh, the lead actor. Uh, uh, Oh, that's gonna. That's the one I stumbled on. Johnny Simmons, I think. <laughs> Johnny Simmons. Johnny, he was uh, Stephen Stills in the uh, in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is why I like him a lot. But uh, Mark, we- Johnny Steve, where did that come from? Mark. Well, that's the other because he's also in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Mark Weber is the actor. <laughs> way, um, way off there. Oh my god, that's such a. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I I thought it was fine. Um, I I saw Cesar Chavez. Um, this is the movie about Cesar Chavez starring Michael Pena. Uh, I think it's I think it's solid. I I feel like it's unfortunate that this movie's not getting a better rap. Like it, it has kind of mixed review, mixed to negative reviews it seems, and I don't think it's doing anything <clears throat> revelatory. I've used that word many times in the past couple of weeks. Um, but I don't think it's I don't think it's anything not worth seeing either. I think it does a good job of giving you like a good sense of the highlights of this man's career and what he was what struggle he was able to go through and it has a good share of performances from the actors involved and it's not like it's not an amazing film but i think it's worth it's one worth checking out just to see a dramatized retelling of this story if you know that this man's legacy and like like these kind of movies similar to something like 42 or even mandela i mean those 
those movies also have their issue of not diving in deeper from a character perspective or whatnot, but they also still are competently made, and this one kind of joins those ranks. I believe it's Mandela Long Walk to Freedom. It's a long title. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mandela, too long for the marquee. <laughs> um, I also saw Disney's Bears. Um, this is the new Disney nature documentary about Don't bears. spoil the twist ending. I won't. Um, <laughs> uh, it's narrated by John C. Riley, and um, it's fine. Like if you like the oh, Disney... you heard that correct, John C. Riley. If you like the Disney nature documentaries, which I think are fine, I, I yeah. it, it's a good one. Like it, it has. Obviously, you're not going to see like graphic stuff in a Disney documentary about animals, but at the same time, there's like a, they they add some levels of uh, of tension in terms of whether or not certain bears will make it in a certain location in time, stuff like that. Like it does a good job of having a narrative as far as these kind of movies go, which they all do. I, I still think, I think African cats is probably my favorite of these so far. Yeah. That's, um, that's, um, when did that come out? 2011 or 2010? 2011. Yeah. I took Allie to that when she was about three and a half mm-hmm. and you know, it was something. Okay. She'll sit through it with my wife and we were worried. Oh, you know, I hope she doesn't freak out when the animals start getting eaten. So she's sitting through it. She's fine. At the end of the movie, there's a scene where, a cat just devours the crap out of an antelope, I believe. <laughs> and I looked at her, and she literally goes, just clapping her hands, and goes, "Tasty zebra." <laughs> That's actually the the quote on the front cover of the yeah. DVD. Yes. Tasty I'll, zebra. Ali Mendelsohn. <laughs> the critics agree. <laughs> we, will, we will definitely be seeing bears. Forbes Junior. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, Disney's Bears. It opens up in a couple of weeks. Uh, it's it's fine. Um, there you go. The Surf Day Bears. <laughs> let's move on let's uh, that was enough quickies yeah let's move on now to trailer talk each week we go over some of the newest trailers and what we thought of them when they're coming out what have you we got a we got a michael bayathon coming here because we got two new trailers one directed by michael bay the movie and uh one uh, produced by his company platinum dunes let's do that one first this is teenage mutant ninja turtles this is another a live action film a, no, a new live action. I was like, well, there has been one. There's been three. A new live action film of the titular Turtles. Um, this one is apparently the Amazing Spider-Man of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies because now there's like an origin story involving April Neal's father being connected to the creation of the ooze with the Shredder, who I assume's name is still Oroku Saki despite being played by <laughs> William Fichtner. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, William Fichtner. <laughs> Um, there's turtles, they're CGified, um, but they're still cracking jokes. It would seem, Abe, you're a huge fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You would, huge you, fan. you would say it's maybe one of your favorite movies ever. Yeah. Yeah. Really? The 1990 version. Yeah. One of the, one of my favorite movies ever. What do you think of this new trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? It's, eh, it's, it's a teaser trailer, so I can't really say, you know, I understand what they're going for, but. For the most part, I think we, we kind of talked about a pre-show, which is uh, there's some characters here that we probably don't think of as Anglo-American. Um, <laughs> and, and perhaps that'll that'll cause some distraction, but uh, I, I don't know what to fully feel of it. I, I think that it could be fun enough, um, but I, I'm not a huge fan of the way that the turtles are designed, per se, and also the the uh, kind of the, the story that William Fickner is telling in the trailer of we, your father and I designed these turtles to serve, uh, you know, a protection purpose. And it's like, really? Interesting. I don't know. So uh, I'm going to hold off on a full um, a full head of a Steam review of this trailer before I see an actual full-length trailer. 
Scott? I am having a tough time working up much, you know, annoyance, even though, you know, it does, you're right, it does create a lot of the same, really, what's the point as the first Amazing Spider-Man, which was a reboot that basically rehashed the story that everybody already knew. And if you don't, it's in the theme song, for God's sakes. It's a 30-second <laughs> song. I explained it pretty well. If I recall, they're heroes in a half shell, and they're green. Turtle power. Turtle power. Splinter taught them to be ninja fighting teams. But, but who do they fight? Oh, oh, wait. When the when evil shredder attacks. attacks. These turtle boys don't give up no slack. Okay, we're covered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want character descriptions? Okay, we got that too. Leads. Donatello, he does machines. Now, Raphael is cool but rude. Well, if I recall, Michelangelo is, as they say, a party dude. Okay, <laughs> origin story done. Let's move on. <laughs> Wow. Scott, <laughs> you made my life. Oh, my God. But, Scott, now, Scott, you are a fan of the original Turtles movie, too, I believe. Right? Uh, yes, I think the first Turtles movie is one of the best, still one of the best comic book films ever made um, for a number of reasons. Uh, for, and I, I and I don't want to get into a huge rant about, you know, post-Batman, pre-X-Men era of comic book films. But, you know, that's for another day if we ever do a commentary for that. But... In fact, I think I'd be talking about the Captain America commentary. Yeah, we will, will there likely be yes. a, a number of comic book movie commentaries coming this summer? Um. Anyway, but no, it's 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 the toys still sell really well, and as much as I whine about you know generational recycling in terms of force feeding our kids our stuff instead of letting them develop their own icons and properties or whatever. At the end of the day, the property is still popular. Kids still like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, who am I to whine about that? As far as the movie, it's obviously not intended for me. I'm, uh, you know, I'll be 34 and a half years old by the time it comes out. Does it look good? Not really. Is it overly small, you know, closed world in terms of everybody being connected to the origin? God, yes. Um, do I care? No. At the end of the day, we'll always have the 1990 Teasman Ninja Turtles movie, which is, I would argue, one of the best comic book films of all time. So if they want to screw up this version, I really don't care. I will say this, that I'm the only person going into the movie that's going to expect to possibly like it because I liked Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. So make of that what you will. You're a fan of the director, Jonathan Liebesman. I am, actually. Yes. I think he's good at taking fantastical situations and making them feel very real and grounded and plausible, which is why I think he's completely wrong for Teenage Mutant Turtles, but that's another story. He also directed our first episode's main movie, Battle L.A. Battle L.A., right. Yes, and where he took, you know, in you know, an alien invasion scenario and made it feel very real and plausible and, you know, grounded. Um, it felt more like a you know a war movie that happened to involve aliens. The same can kind of be argued to Wrath of the Titans as well, I yes. guess. I get I get yeah. I get what you're saying, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know sometimes it's more successful than others, obviously. But that's what I think he does well. So I have to wonder what the heck he's doing doing a Teenage Mutant Turtles movie, especially one that seems as fantastical as this one does. Well, it seems like he's in that similar to something like. Um... What's his name? DJ Caruso. DJ Caruso being in like Spielberg's camp. Yeah. It seems like uh, Jonathan Liebesman's in Michael Bay's camp in terms of I have my own production company and I have a set of directors I can just call to battle oh, whenever absolutely. I need them. And uh, you're not really going to say no when you're like, here's a huge budget, some actors and a, pro- a big property that'll likely make a lot of money, so you can do something you want to do maybe later. Like it's. And they even, you know, if you ever listen to the commentary on the on Texas Chainsaw, the beginning or whatever it's called, you know, he he talks about. 
how he got, you know, he got screwed on, on, what is it, Darkness Falls? Darkness Falls, the Tooth Fairy and, movie, right? You know, Michael Bay basically said, you know, I know what happened to you. It wasn't your fault. You know, we'll take care of you on this film. And he felt they did. And they, they, their relationship has continued from that point on. Yeah. You know, they trust each other. Um, as far as my thoughts on the trailer go, like, I think it, it looks fine to me. Like, yeah. I, 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 it, the kind of, it's the kind of thing where this trailer came out and suddenly everyone's like a huge, like, fan and know it all about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but except the fact that they forgot what made that first movie work, which is that that movie was serious in what it was doing. Like, it has humor, but there's, <laughs> there's a fairly involved adult plot in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. And this one, I can't say it's going to replicate that, but at the same time, it looks like it has both the elements of darkness that made that movie work, and it's going to have the kind of humor that it, that also made that movie work. I'm not saying it's going to be as good as that movie, but and that more comes from the aesthetic and the look of the turtles and just things that happen in movies of today versus an independent film based around Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which that one was. So like, it's it's hard to say what it's going to turn out to be, but at the same time. If this is a an example of what the tone's going to be, I'm not against it. Like it looks fine. Yeah. So. Um, and you know, it's, it's as someone that thinks that Megan Fox got unfairly dumped on several years back, I kind of would be amused if she were to find some semblance of a career over the next few years. And if this is going to be her next big project, so be it. What's weird is that. I'm not against the choices that she's making. I just think she's a bad actress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, I can't say the same for Jessica Alba. I think she's made bad choices, and she's a, just a bad actress. But like, I like the fact that Megan Fox has tried to be in like some indie comedies. Like, what was that one with the uh, Friends of Kids? Friends of Kids, and like, and try to like work and work with like Judd Apatow on the for This Is Forty, and like make these choices to be like this kind a, a certain type. I don't think she's all that effective in set roles, but at the same time, I can admire someone trying to do that with their career as opposed to just playing, you know, hot person every time. Well, just doing that, but playing hot person because I'm a hot person in big studio movie every time out. And I think part of the problem is, unfortunately, you know, for better or worse, she still looks 17. Yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, you know, buying her as a somewhat hard-nosed, you know, newspaper or, or, you know, television reporter – you still look like well, a you know. I figured this was gonna be like an internet TV blogger. Yeah. Just for the modern age. That's true. Let me post this on YouTube and like I don't know. Okay. I, 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 think she was I think she was pregnant while filming this too, or at least just could be. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, team yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in a Half Shell comes out August eighth. Turtle power. Thank you. T U R T L E power. And um, this also reminds me, Scott Mendelson, happy birthday from a few days ago. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, That's, uh, both clapping. I'm so old. <laughs> what? I'm a lot older than you guys. Let's put it that way. <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on to our next trailer. This is for Transformers: Age of Extinction, not titled Trans Numerical Formers as it should be, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, we still have Dinobots, I guess. So that's something. Scott Mendelson, what do you think of the trailer? For Scott, for Transformers: Age of Extinction, starring Mark Wahlberg. You know, as someone that is at this point indifferent on the films, but always really liked the trailers. Are you a Michael I, Bay fan? That's a question I should ask too. Um, I think he's good at what he does best. He does almost better than anybody else. It's all the other stuff that he attempts to do and fails at. Fair. That I think you know kicks him in the butt. You know, I think all three Transformers movies would have been pretty solid 105-minute action thrillers. But at, you know, over under two and a half hours, yeah, yeah no. 
Um, but this was the first trailer where the where the trailer didn't do much for me. Um, part of it is because it sort of felt like a retread of the third one. It's like, oh, they're attacking a city again. Uh, buildings are being knocked over again. Humans are saying we don't need them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, and you know, speaking of Megan Fox, you know, I love that the, you know they they introduced Mark Wahlberg's hot daughter, and then immediately she gets put in peril. <laughs> and say what you will about Megan Fox's character in the first two films, but she never got kidnapped. Uh, and I, I respect that. Um, True. And, but, you know, it's like digression. It looks fine. It looks like a Transformers movie. I'm sure it'll, you know, I think the Dinobots are useful in that they are an added value element. They will get fans to the theaters, even those that you know, feel kind of burned out on the, on the series. Because this is a franchise that everybody goes to see. Nobody likes, for all intents and purposes, but they all keep going. Well, at some point, they're going to stop going. And that's where the Dinobots and Mark Wahlberg come in. With Mark Wahlberg, this is the first time this franchise has an honest-to-goodness movie star at the helm. Which is frankly unusual for a franchise in this day and age. Yeah, right, even Pirates um, takes Johnny Depp. Became, yeah, but... He became a star because of yeah, those movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was sort of the quirky supporting you know, actor. Um yeah, again, it's weird. It's almost weird that a film as big as Transformers has an as a movie star as big as Mark Wahlberg. Um, I'm sure it will be fine for what we pay to see, as we sit, you know, looking at our watch while it does everything else. You know, the bad humor, the borderline misogynistic comedy, the, <laughs> you know, the the comic relief characters that aren't funny. Um, while we wait and wait for the robots to start attacking each other, and then when the robots attack each other, it's so good that we convince ourselves it's a good movie. It will look good. I would like to think that Michael Bay doing in game has gotten some of his, you know, mojo back. He's doing this because he wants to, not because he has, you know, nothing else to do. Uh, that's why I think, frankly, it's important that they gave him three years off this time rather than two years off. Um, I think when we hear a lot about, you know, people like Chris Evans threatening to retire, I think part of the reason is that, you know, they do these superhero films, these franchise films, in the hopes that it will give them capital to do something else. But they don't have time to do anything else because they're doing another sequel to their last film that's going to come out in a year and a half. Yeah. You know, back in my day, so to speak, <laughs> you had three years between films. Right. So you had, uh, you know, Val Kilmer had time to do, well, not Val Kilmer, he only did one Batman film. You know, Michael Keaton had time to do Pacific Heights and, you know, whatever, you know, in between Batman, Batman Returns. Abe? Uh, this movie looks kind of interesting just from the standpoint of it being in the future and, you know, old Chicago, whatever else. What's awful about it is you have a sex symbol shown right away. and Mark she Wahlberg. Does <laughs> yes, yes. With this shirt off, probably saying, like, say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> um, no, but his daughter is there. She's like, Dad! That's all she says in the trailer. And you kind of get annoyed by it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, why is she running around with, like, super small shorts on? And he's talking about stuff like, I'm saving up so he can go to college. It's hot like, in Texas, Abe. No, they're in Chicago, but he's from Texas. Don't mess with her. From <laughs> yeah, Texas. I don't know. But the plot line seems all the same. I think that I think Scott's right in, in the fact that you're probably going to get mesmerized by some robot action toward the later half of the film. Um, but I'm kind of interested to see how they're going to spin the Mark Wahlberg character, just because it seems like he he would have a larger role to play in the entire film, uh, rather than being like the, the sideshow or sidekick. Uh, but for the most part, it looks like every other Transformers trailer, and I will probably see it, but I don't know if I'm going to uh, think it's going to be a, a very good film. It's funny, I agree with Scott that this is actually the first time I wasn't impressed by a Transformers trailer. Regardless of the quality of the movies, 
I really like Transformers trailers. They tend to excite yeah. me, even though I know what I'm getting into. Even <laughs> and Michael Bay, Michael Bay, Michael Bay trailers in general tend to excite me because I think they know how to cut a slick trailer. Um, but this one didn't do much for me. I think it might be because of fan- franchise fatigue and because the Godzilla trailers came out fairly around the same time, and those are just fantastic to me. Yeah. But, um, this one just is like, all right. Eat. I like the very, very, very earnest Mark Wahlberg we see at the beginning of the trailer, and then it turns into just, you know, all the nonsense that we see. But <laughs> it almost like almost looks like a Taken movie that stars Mark Wahlberg that also happens to have giant robots in it. Like, that's the, that's, <laughs> like, that's the vibe that I was getting from, like, what we were seeing, because, like, secret agents come and, like, take his family or something, and it's like, I'm going to get him back, man. And it, it's... <laughs> <laughs> hey, have a Wahlberger. And, uh... <laughs> and, uh... I mean, we'll see. Like, yeah, obviously we're gonna see it because Transformers: Dark of the Moon was one of our one of my favorite episodes to record on this podcast. So, <laughs> like, hands down, this and Dark of the Moon had one of the best intro segments that we we both said. And it's like, I'd rather watch that movie. So, <laughs> obviously, for the sake of the podcast, we'll be seeing that movie just so we can have right. a follow up episode with our friends Jordan and Alan. But um, as far as the movie goes, we'll see. I'm expecting to get a Michael Bay thing, but. I can only hope, like my, like like Scott said, that Pain and Gain might have given him more enthusiasm to go forth and make a movie that might have something in it that's like, hey, this is actually pretty neat this time around, beyond the fact that Dinobots exist for some reason. I don't know what they're copying off, but I'm excited <laughs> to find out the reason with Dinobots exist. He's from a different dimension. I guess so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Transformers Age of Extinction arrives in theaters June 27th. And hopefully there will be, say it with me now, Mm, come on, guys. More than meets the More eye. More than meets the eye. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, all, we're just one person short of a barbershop quartet. I, I, heard, I heard there will be, not they will be. So that that, that threw me off. <sighs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> I tried. Happy birthday. Go, go Joe. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on now. Speaking of Hydra, let's get to our main film review for Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Fast. Strong. Had a metal arm. Are you ready? All it takes is one step. People are gonna die. I can't let that happen. Captain America needs my help. When do we start? We just did. That should have been some of the trailer for Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Cap has returned, and with him, he has brought along some regulars like Black Widow and Nick Fury, along with some new foes like the Winter Soldier. This is the ninth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Phase 2 for those keeping close track, and it certainly wants to be as big as one of the films that has preceded it, as Cap is brought into a plot involving things that shield not being what they seem, as certain truths are revealed and enemies from within emerge resulting in some large-scale action on the streets of D.C. or Cleveland, and aboard those giant helicarriers that likely cost a pretty penny and a few extra man-hours. Can the Star-Spangled Man save the day? That's the question. That was good, Aaron. Did you write that down? (laughs) Oh, it's all the top of my head. Scott Mendelson, did the captain toss enough shields to gain your favor? (laughs) More or less. I, I think I'm in the critical minority by the fact that I didn't love this movie. I merely mostly liked it. Um, my problems with it were actually threefold, um, without going into details, 
the arc of the Winter Soldier is something that I think should have been kept for a later film. Um, I think it takes up valuable screen time in a very long movie. I think because it's so early in the Captain America franchise, it's a little early to be pulling that particular arc. Uh, the example that I, I used in my review is it'd be like doing the killing joke in the Dark Knight. You know, that, 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 you know, you, you, you need to have the Joker around for a while before you throw that particular story out there. That's a good call. Yeah. Um, my other problem with the film was that it talks a good game in terms of security versus liberty and, and drawing parallels toward, you know, drone warfare, extrajudicial, extrajudicial executions, kill lists, basically the same stuff that Star Trek into Darkness was dealing with. But it kind of, in my mind, cheats by and i've got to be really vague here because this is stuff that's that's dealt with maybe in the middle of the film um it kind of lets the audience off the hook by having some of the bad guys be outside forces rather than just for example someone like you know the bad guys in, in star trek into darkness who are people that are theoretically in the side of good who think they're doing good but are simply, you know, crossing a moral line. Um, and I, I apologize, that's really vague. I think that's uh, but a good job. I think if good. you've seen the film, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If not, whatever. Um, another problem is, is the film is just is, is too big. You know, back in, in, in May 2012, right after The Avengers came out, there was a big announcement that's saying that, you know, for all the other Marvel films, uh, instead of the, of the standalone films being somewhat smaller scale, character-driven stories while the Avengers are going to be the big, you know, Royal Rumble every few years, that each Marvel film was going to be huge. Each one was going to be trying to be bigger than the next. And it didn't bother me with Iron Man 3 that much, because you can tell most of the money just went toward the last 10 minutes of the film. Most of the extra money. It didn't bother me with Thor 2, because that's a film that should be pretty big anyway. It's Thor. It's like Lord of the Rings in the Marvel Universe. But with Captain America, it was telling such a grounded, you know, boots-on-the-ground you know, uh, Tom Clancy, Alan J. Bacala, you know, spy thriller, paranoid thriller, whatever, that it's not the kind of film that particularly justifies or really needs the biggest of all, you know, the biggest possible action climax they can afford. Um, and a lot of the action in the, la in the third act becomes very monotonous and frankly kind of boring because there's not a lot of good sense of geography about who's doing what. And who needs to do what? And a lot of it's very redundant because in the attempt to make the climax as big as possible, and again, I'm trying to be vague here and I apologize, the characters are given too much of the same task to do over and over again. Um, which is a shame because the film starts terrific. The first hour, I'd say, is fantastic. The, the character work is terrific. The dialogue is wonderful. The action scenes are fantastic. The, the opening scene of this film is, in my opinion, the best merging of hard action and comic book fantasy that I've ever seen. Um, and there's an action sequence involving Samuel L. Jackson that's, that's terrific. Uh, this is his best performance as Nick Fury by far. Not just because he gets more to do, well, that's the case. He's, it's the, one of the first times where he's a character and not just, hey, wouldn't it be neat if Sam Jackson played Nick Fury? Um, Robert Redford is here and he's very good in the film. He does not just show up for a paycheck. He gives a real performance. Um, Chris Evans is terrific as usual. Scarlett Johansson is very good. 
Um, so really, those three big issues with me, and I, I think they're big problems in terms of my enjoyment of the film, prevent what should have been a really terrific action picture that happened to be based on a superhero comic book, you know, what otherwise would have been that, and makes it simply a somewhat generic superhero sequel that goes big when it doesn't need to, somewhat lets the audience off the hook by having a somewhat comic booky, comic booky explanation for everything, and throws in too much, throws in a fan favorite storyline when it's not required. And that's all I want to say because anything else would be spoilers. Hey. I certainly enjoyed this movie uh, quite a bit. Uh, I do agree with Scott uh, on some of the, the high points um, and a couple of the, the low points as well. Uh, primarily the low points being it does start off with a question of morality in terms of what S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing with regard to security and how they're going to make the world safer after the events of the Avengers and Iron Man 3 and Thor 2. Um, <laughs> but then you move away from that toward the second and third acts of the film into just more of a um, kind of a spy thriller which works, uh, but they do forget about that sense of uh, Captain America's integrity uh, to some degree. Uh, but I did enjoy the action in this a lot. I, if you think, or if you think that Captain America was like you know a nice guy, he's not. I mean, he is yes, but he will kick the crap out of you if you are the opposing force, and it's shown very thoroughly. I mean, you forget for some reason sometimes that these guys are superheroes, so when they kick someone, it's not just like oh I'll fall to the ground. They they will fly like fifty feet before they. Before they get, uh, you know, before gravity pulls them back down to Earth, um, and I appreciate that a lot. So Captain America is just—he's a very agile guy. He works out a lot, and he is a superhero. Um, I thought that the characters in this movie that they brought forth um, served enough purpose to get the movie going. And one of the things I enjoyed about this more than Thor: The Dark World is that it feels more of like a complete single story in its own. I was kind of like, I'm maybe in the minority of thinking Thor The Dark World served more as a stepping stone toward Avengers uh, Age of Ultron rather than being its own story um, to continue Thor's arc uh, in the Marvel Universe. But yeah, I certainly enjoyed this one a lot, and I thought that it was uh, not just a, a good action movie, um, but it was also a good spy thriller, and to some degree, I do agree that uh, there was a lot of good suspense going on because of what happens with Captain America's uh, antagonists that I totally forgot about until this movie was made and I watched it. So, yeah, it's a fun movie. I uh, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I think Captain America has basically two of the, the, the two best um, standalone Marvel Universe films at this point. Um, yeah, it's like... It, um, I really like the character work in this movie. I think that's what really kind of stuck out to me. I, I I couldn't necessarily argue that this is the best acted of these movies, but it certainly has a lot of great acting in it. And that's something that really worked for me. I think Chris Evans is doing tremendous work as Captain America. I think everything that he brought to the first film and wasn't allowed to do enough of in, this, in the Avengers really shines here where you don't have that little guy anymore little guy but um but you but you get all the same sensibilities being applied to this modern world setting that he's been thrust into which i think is intriguing um scarlett johansson i think is terrific in this movie i I think she does just uh, she has she has an amazing job of having chemistry with everybody and being in on the joke that she is quite the good-looking specimen despite being able to handle herself in any damn situation she runs into um, yeah, 
Anthony Mackie, also like a great addition to this universe. Like that, this whole, this like core trio, trio right here, it's like it's a little mini Avengers. It makes me wonder what Jeremy Renner's up to since it seems like they could have used his help in this movie. But, um, <laughs> I don't know where he was. He was too busy being lame. I guess. He was trying to find his chems. Exactly. <laughs> um, he was in Dubai. But, and yeah, Sam Jackson, again, I agree with that. I agree with Robert Redford being quite good in this movie. Like all these people, like it's, it's a credit to Marvel that they're able to rope in this talent and, like, have them actually doing, like, you know, work. Like, it doesn't feel yeah. like they're just like, hey, we showed up, so let's uh, let's uh, slum through this one and whatever. It feels like they're all acting, and I really like that. It goes, re- it goes really well with what I think the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe Russo, who directed this movie, bring to the film. You wouldn't know them as action directors based on their, you know, directing of mostly community, arrest development, happy endings, happy endings and other... Yeah other comedic series episodes along with this wonderful little film welcome to collingwood that i like quite a bit but um <laughs> they they have brought that kind of comedic timing and sharpness to this giant budgeted action movie in a way that i really think suits the marvel universe it um it doesn't feel like we've hired just any old director to do this thing it feels like they brought their own kind of sensibilities to it i it might I I can agree the plot follows a sort of once it gets past well, what I would say is the more intriguing stuff it does run into kind of a pattern that you could basically boil down to a few base bullet points and you kind of apply that to every Marvel movie but it still is very entertaining to watch and it comes from the interplay from the characters it comes from the way action is staged I had a lot of fun with the final act of this movie um, it 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 really it goes to show what kind of when you put the right effort into it, you can really kind of make a, diff- a, a different sort of movie despite fitting in the same universe. And it, I wouldn't say this is the best of the Marvel Universe films or whatever. Like, I know there's a lot of people saying this is better than Avengers. I haven't thought about it enough, honestly, to really go that far or anything. Uh, but at the same time, I can see I can see why that statement is being made beyond just the fact that it's something that's out right now and I have nothing... <laughs> I didn't see Avengers recent enough to, to be able to compare, so I'll just say that this is the best one. Like, it's not... It's different from that. It, it, it has that. I, I can see where audiences are coming away with that feeling. Um, at the same time, it has issues. I agree with the Winter Soldier aspect of this movie. I feel like his character is fairly inconsequential to a story that has way more other interesting things going on already, where you don't really need this aspect to add on to it, and it really takes away from Cap questioning Shield and what's going on there in order to pull him away and put him into a position of considering who this person is to me, that kind of thing. It overstuffs it and takes away and makes it less, it, it could be a tighter movie if we shifted that around a bit. Um, and as much as I don't try to think about where everyone else is during these movies in terms of the other Avengers, because you know, you read a comic book and you, you don't really think about where's Iron Man. You don't, I, I don't think that when I read a comic book, I shouldn't think that when I think we see a movie, but at the same time I am kind of wondering where are some of these other guys? Like, it seems like this is a, yeah. it seems like this is a big event happening. Like, I feel like we should be on the, on the know here. Like I, I can understand maybe Iron Man doesn't have any suits anymore or Thor's, you know, dealing with Asgard stuff or something, but like no Hawkeye, like what's he, it feels like he's in the inner circle of trust as far as Fury's concerned. I'm just surprised he didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like overall, I think this movie is just wild, wildly entertaining. I think the action is tremendous. There's some great like hand to hand combat sequences yeah. in this movie that are pretty just, brutal like this is probably the most viscerally entertaining action movie as far as the marvel universe films go in terms of grounded action sequences that rely on people fighting with their fists and having you know gunfights and things like that 
lot of people die in this movie. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. afterward, we we yeah. talked we talked about this in uh, the Captain America commentary how we weren't sure if Captain America was going to use a gun again because it wasn't in World War II anymore. He doesn't really, but people still die based on a lot of gunplay. Everyone he, else and, does. Yeah, everyone else is using guns in this movie. <laughs> He is dropping people with his super knees and his super kicks and punches. Oh, yeah, his, um, his uh, superpowers really come into play here, and they just look like a fantastic display of, like, this is yeah. what Captain America does. Yeah, right. and and just in the first couple seconds of that opening action sequence, it's like, oh, this is exactly what was missing from the Avengers. This is this is why he really is a super soldier. Mm-hmm. You get some, yeah. I mean, I think you get some of that in... because I mean, I think that movie... There's a lot of action in the Avengers. A lot of ensemble. No no question. But, I mean, I think in the third act of that movie, when you have him, like, breaking into a building, fighting off a couple guys hand-to-hand, then, like, bursting out of a window while a bomb goes off and he lands on his shield, like, you get the sense that his he handles things differently than Iron Man, who can just fly around and shoot things or Hulk smashes. I I feel like it's there. I still, yeah, I'd still agree that Captain America has the least arc to deal with in that movie, but, yeah, yeah. Um, this movie does a better job because it's his movie. So. Yeah, it's his movie. Um, and you're right, though. It, it does feel like a, you know, if the first Avengers was kind of a sequel to Thor, this feels like a direct sequel to the Avengers. Yes. I mean, there are three of them in it, for goodness sakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all like, you know, I'm assuming, is it a spoiler to say that Anthony Mackie doesn't die? No. <laughs> no. Anthony Mackie does not die. Uh, and I, it's certainly possible he will be the Avengers in some way, shape or form. Um, they, they, frankly, they'd be foolish not to use him. I mean, he, you know, everyone in this movie has chemistry with everybody else. I, yeah, that's to a remarkable degree. Again, that's a re, that's a big reason why I love this. Yeah. Movie. And it's, it's even when the, when I like the film the most in that first hour, you know, the, 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 there's a card chase that happens around the half hour mark. It's a great card chase, but I was actually sad that it happened because I wanted more of the characters talking to each other. They go, oh, we're 10 minutes of kaboom. Okay, here we go. Um, it's good, and there's a good payoff. Um, but the, it's, it's, it's the kind of movie where the, the, the it's an action film where the best parts are when people are just chit-chatting with each other. Um, and that's know, a pretty I, relevant conversation, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, they, they have very distinct point of views about a variety of subjects. Right. And that's and tough when you're dealing with a large cast. Yeah, and it goes to what you and I were talking about, too, with the Captain America and his trust issues with S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury. And really dives into that quite a bit and you know that's uh, it's why it feels like a sequel to avengers because they do bring that up in avengers where captain america he wants to think that everything's all up and up when he first gets to shield but he realizes that he can't think that way and that yeah there's some there's tension simmering between him and fury and how they do things in modern day versus what he was doing and i I like that that's kind of extrapolated in this film yeah um and certainly no uh, no, no, go ahead no no go ahead Oh, I was going to say, it certainly is a, it's really, really a hard PG-13, and I really like that aspect of it a lot. There's a lot of people that die here, like what Aaron said, and it's not like, you know, cheapo violent, or a cheapo, like, easy death. People get run over, and they get shot up, and there's this really cool angle in this car chase with Sam Jackson, and this guy gets hit by another car while he's in a building. It's it's really well done, and there's a lot of serious things going on. And I appreciate that, and that's kind of something that I have seen the progress of Marvel doing, which is 
hey, man, we're taking our things, our properties very seriously. We're going to write good scripts for them, have good people direct them, have great actors uh, act in them, and this is going to be a solid movie. It's not just going to be something that we're going to uh, attach the Marvel name and a, a superhero to and just have people pay us money. It's actually going to mean something. Well, it, it doesn't and, lose that sense of fun either. That's the other thing to add to yeah. that. Like it is, it, I agree yeah. with you, Abe. I think it does treat itself with respect, which is, you know, I think that's necessary in a movie like this. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not. It doesn't feel like it's coming out of the, you know, the, the, the Nolan imitator universe. Not like the because the dark. Well, the Batman films. I think those are fun movies. Along yeah, with they're being, incredibly you know, fun. They're incredibly fun, and they have a lot of funny lines in them. Along they with do. being, yeah, brutal at times and what have you. But not like Green Lantern or Man of Steel, where they have that kind of. Well, Nolan did it, so we should, you know, try to. Yeah, try to replicate that and it doesn't work because they don't know how those they don't know how to make those gears turn the right way to make an entertaining movie all around that happens to deal with hey there's some real world stuff going on here like it these marvel movies they don't focus on it doesn't feel like they're coming away with like well look how batman did it we should do it that way it just feels like they're doing their own thing and it's working really well regardless of if they have dark in the title like thor thor's still funny like it still has a lot yeah. of fun with what it's doing <laughs> yeah it's, Captain it's, america, not a, it's not a very dark movie no it's not a yeah captain america the dark the winter the dark soldier the winter soldier <laughs> dark soldier's anthony mackie uh yeah. the winter soldier <laughs> <laughs> i believe his original name was the black falcon <laughs> no um, winter soldier i mean yeah it's dealing with some some subject matter that's I mean, there's a there's a political thriller here. <laughs> there's a, there's kind of there's stuff that's suited for a R-rated '70s spy movie, along with like other things that involve yeah real world implications, such as drone warfare, which seems to be very popular in every movie these days. Uh, yeah. Look at Oblivion, uh, the last Iron Man movie, the last Thor movie, RoboCop. Like, RoboCop. Drones are playing. They're 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 the uh, they're the new, they're the new ish. Well, it's but, the great uh, moral dilemma of our time. We have a bunch of liberals, you know, hand wringing over the fact that Barack Obama is doing a lot of stuff much worse than Bush. And that's that's you know there there may or may not be some kind of reckoning over that in his three books, but I think that is the great political issue of our time. But it all in this movie it all manages to take that and still ha- let you have fun. It let you have scenes of Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans talking about life, or yeah. or Anthony Mackie right. and Anthony Mackie. By the way, I think he's this is maybe the best he's been since The Hurt Locker. Looking at his filmography, I can't see like a movie that you did like Gangster Squad. <laughs> I'm, look, mean. I'm looking at a lot of these roles and like maybe night catches us but like in terms of like just like true grit performance like hurt locker even before that half nelson is where i like half yeah nelson. half yes. nelson's so good he's come a long way since uh, half nelson. he was yeah. good in runner runner he, he's never bad but it just yeah, feels like he was terrible but it, yeah. like, he's never bad in like he's he's a good actor, but it's like yeah. you look at some of these and even pain and gain i think he's doing a good job yeah just the rock overshadows him easily but so like you look at this filmography and it's like he really seems to be doing something in Captain America because his chemistry is there like right like he's the first person you see in this movie like, yes and his chemistry is like right there right away with Chris Evans the other thing that they do well and they they did smartly was they didn't like overplay his character from the get go meaning like he's not in every scene he's not doing uh-huh. uh, a lot of scene work with Captain America and Black Widow he shows up when it's appropriate and then when it's appropriate they expand on his character arc a lot more and I think that's what the best thing that they did. A majority of this movie is a buddy comedy with him and uh, Scarlett, with Captain America and Scarlett Johansson. Another another forty eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and the, and it's treated as a friendship as opposed to hey we're gonna make out at the end of this movie. That's not something that happens. That's not a thing. Well, it just shows you how not difficult it is to write an interesting female character simply by not treating her as the love interest, the hostage, or frankly a piece of ass. I mean. 
you know, you you do, you know, they don't force the idea that she is super capable because we know that she's in Shield. Of course, she can do all this stuff. Um, and again, by not making her an object of desire by anyone for anyone, she's just her own person with her own agency. And it just shows you that it should, you know, none of, you know, it's funny you talk about how violent the film is because my daughter wants to see it. And I almost tipped to take her because of the sheer number of, I would argue, very well-developed female characters in the film, if not for the fact it's so incredibly violent. Um, but even, you know, somebody like uh, uh, Agent 13, yeah, she's there for 10 seconds, but she's just an interesting supporting character in the background that happens to be a woman. Uh, Colby Smolder shows up just, you know, enough to to make an impression again and make you right. wonder, you know, what her background is. You know, there's there's an interesting scene, not interesting. There's a, a moment in the film about halfway through, give or take. And this is really a spoiler where it's five major characters are sitting around a room talking about the plot, basically. And Captain America is the only white male of the group. And hmm. what's remarkable about that is that it probably wasn't intentional. Yeah, it was just who happened to be involved in the story. I, I think it does a good balance of like you're like you're essentially saying of of these characters that we have in this movie. I wouldn't. It's an ensemble cast, but it's certainly Captain America's story. But at the same time, it feels very well rounded in presenting us with all these different people. Even Robert Redford's character, who I didn't know what to expect from him in this movie, and he okay. gets he gets exactly the kind of arc that I basically wanted from his character for the most yeah. part. Like it, it's very fitting, and it, it's nice to it's nice that he decided to pop up in a movie like this. Busy in there. Nothing some earmarks can't fix. I'm uh, here to ask a favor. I want you to call for a vote. Project Insight has to be delayed. Nick? It's not a favor, that's a subcommittee hearing. A long one could be nothing, probably is nothing. I just need time to make sure it's nothing. Fine. But you gotta get Iron Man to stop by my niece's birthday party. Thank you, sir. Not just a flyby. He's got a mingle. He feels like Anthony Hopkins as opposed to, I'm trying to Kevin think of Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. There you go, Kevin Costner. <laughs> Russell Crowe, Russell- in my opinion. I think Russell Crowe. I mean, <laughs> of the issues I have with Man of Steel, Russell Crowe wasn't my problem with it, although he is a video game character at the end. Exactly. That's, but... that's my problem with him. He, turns, think... into, he turns into old Spock in Star Trek. Now you must do this. There you go. Now you there, must do there's that. A, there's a good call. Old Spock in Star Trek. Uh, it, yeah, there's a lot of... Um... There's a lot of like comic and movie geekery that I found in this movie that I quite enjoy. Great, yeah. There's a there's the a lot of especially. there's there's some there's some movie jokes in there that come from the fact that the Russos are they direct things like Community, which is very very much plays on the meta commentary of the aspects of that show and other things about Danny it. Danny Pudi shows up. Danny Pudi show, yeah, obviously. Completely, there's completely up like out that. of the movie, I hated that. There there there's. <laughs> There are some little like little gags, little things in the background, things that I I quite enjoyed as a movie fan. And then there's a lot of there's a, pretty much every character in this movie is from some comic of Captain America, like the the, yeah. the terrorists at the beginning to Falcon, obviously to even some of the Shield agents and their names. Like it's just like this movie has a it, it does a it does a good job of not like overwhelming you with like information that you don't need, but at the same time shows you that if you're a comic fan, you're in for a treat. Right? I have my issues with it, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the review segment, which would, would frankly prevented me from enjoying it as much as I wanted to. But there is a lot that is good in this film. And I think, I, I for what it's worth, sadly, whatever, yes, it is more of a standalone story than something like Thor 2, which was sort of a stopgap between Thor 1 and Thor 3, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think it would have been, you know, my problems with the movie are mostly in the fact that it is part of the over, overriding Marvel universe and thus has to hit certain beats and or reach certain plateaus that had it simply been allowed to do its own thing completely, I think it would have been a much stronger film and would have emphasized what it does so well as opposed to being bogged down, especially toward the second half, with extraneous stuff. And I... I yeah. I, I, the, the, I, I disagree with you, I guess, just because I'm giving a lot of benefit of the doubt to the fact that it is playing within a larger universe, yet it still manages to get away with a lot of the stuff that makes it more interesting than some of the other movies in this Marvel universe. So I think because yeah. it's the kind of thing where I'm happy that it was able to address certain questions and have certain themes of that we that we discussed involving Shield and Captain America's kind of stance on things versus how Fury and whoever else wants to do things and it, it's there. Like it's something that's been approached and it and like there are things that the, that take place at the end of this movie that will have repercussions on the future of the Marvel universe, which is interesting to me. I think it does a lot of things that that put some momentum on where we can go and what to anticipate in future films without having to rely on the previous features to really, like it, it it does a good I think it does a good job but, of standing I mean, on its own. Thinking about it, I mean, I agree with that too. But thinking about what Scott said, I, I do see how it could be bogged down by some of the stuff that the Marvel universe has to do in order to make uh, future subsequent films. Um, because you guys are right about the Winter Soldier, and that's a very interesting story arc in Captain America's Marvel Universe timeline. Yes. Um, and they really... It, it's not so much fan service, because you actually don't really get that much of him in here. You just realize that he's a he's an amazing super soldier as well. Um, but why he's important isn't made clear, and I don't know if it's ever going to be, because I don't know if that... If it all winds down to one gigantic civil war like in the comics it's the kind so. of thing where if the movie wasn't called the winter soldier i might be more accepting of it yes. uh, but like because it's called the winter soldier you expect to see a certain level of arc involving t- the titular character and you don't really get that <laughs> you get you get this, you get this person you get an explanation of who he is and you're wondering all right that's neat i guess what what's going on with this uh you know this whole political plot that's going on here that seems to threaten the nation as opposed to this one guy's journey that also, for some reason, cropped its way into this movie. Like, it's... Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm that's kind my of curious where it goes next. Yeah, so... If they do play it in, great. If they don't, it's kind of like a waste of a, a very unique storyline. Yeah. I mean, grant, granted, or given where this movie ends up and even the post-credits, the second post-credits stinger, I mean, right, obviously it's going to factor yeah. in. <laughs> Uh, what I do think is interesting, you know, in a, in a positive way, of the, the stuff that happens at the end of this film and its its implications for the overall Marvel universe, I think this is an important film for the overwhelming overriding franchise because it kind of shows you, and this may eventually be their undoing, you know, 20, 30 films down the line, that you really do have to see all of them. You know, you, a, a casual fan could arguably skip Thor 2 and still be okay with the Avengers 2. Or they could skip Iron Man 3 and still be okay with the Avengers 2. You can't skip Captain America 2 and, and, you know, more or less be okay with the Avengers 2. You know, this is a must-see film in what arguably is supposed to be a standalone sequel to a standalone franchise. But it's nonetheless, you know, it, it's it's a mythology episode, of, you know, if you want to use X-Files terminology, yeah. as opposed yeah. to a standalone. And I think by throwing such an important episode into 
what arguably should have been a standalone, it could have been a standalone sequel to a standalone franchise, you are signaling to the casually curious that you do have to keep, you know, you, you really can't miss any of these films. Because the one you miss might be the important one. And I can't call that unfair because it's not like franchises haven't existed before. Like, no, I, I don't it. think I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I just think it might be an issue once you have like six or seven ongoing franchises that are are liked by some more than others. Right. But that's that's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, because it's more Harry Potter than James Bond, where things yes. matter. So you can't just yes. walk into one. <laughs> All right, I think we've talked plenty about Captain yep. America: The Winter Soldier. Let's get to our rating for the film. Uh, did anyone see this in 3D, by the way? I've seen it twice. I saw it 2D I've both times. I've seen it times. twice, and I... Yeah, same here. <laughs> I saw it in 2D. All right. Uh, yeah. Which is odd. I did, 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 did you see it at the press screening, Aaron? I, the, the I did. I did. It was in 2D as it well? It was in 2D, yeah. Interesting. It makes uh, me very curious in what they're doing. No shield in our face. Nope. No. Um, but having said that... Oh, wait, you want to do the review? You want to go run down no, the review system? No, go, go, go. What were you saying? Okay. Um... Well, just on principle, you know, I, I have my issues with the film. I don't like it as much as everybody else did. But it's a big, spectacular action film with big, spectacular action scenes. As much as I'm eh on 3D, I would say IMAX 3D on principle because I like IMAX. Great. That is one of the ratings on our rating scale. IMAX Theater, Dollar Theater, Necklace, HCOT, forget about it. All of that. <laughs> rating Swickies. Tim. Thank you. Abe, where would you put on feet. scale? Definitely say... Uh... Man, I'm actually in between IMAX and theater there because I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, if it was playing on IMAX, yeah, I'm sure I've seen it in IMAX. Yeah, I'd say IMAX. Is, I mean, this it, it's it's weird to say can't miss it, but I mean, you can't. Like, it's a, it's a really fun movie. It serves a big purpose <laughs> in terms of hey, this this matters in the realm of the Marvel universe. And again, I think this cast is just great to watch. Like, it's just yes. so much. I just had a ton of fun watching these people in this movie. They also happen to get in fights every now and then. Um, you're crediting that opening action sequence a lot, and I like that. But I really like that 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 kind of that that um not the car chase, but the second car chase that leads into the Winter Soldier battle against Captain America. Yes. I think that's a terrific. Oh yes, that's, that's a terrific uh, the highway. Chase. That high that highway chase that turns into that a, is fru- a freeway is... overpass death zone. <laughs> yes, I I agree with you. Um, that is a wonderful yeah, and I, I, mean, I like serious serious state to that battle. And and. Well, it does not turn to the corruptor with, you know, innocent bystanders being blown to bits at every, you know, 10 seconds. I, it, these are public action scenes in broad daylight that create suspense by putting civilians in real danger. Yeah. And there's a conscious oh. effort to recognize that. You have yes. Black Widow saying, get out, get out of here, move yes. out of the way. There's like, and people are just, yeah, it's, it feels, it feels set in a real world that exists. It doesn't feel like it's on a set somewhere. Oh, by the way, I, I think based on Anthony Mackie's, like, flying suitability, he breaks his ankles, like, 15 times in this movie. My God. It's, like, everywhere he goes. Landing as hard as he does. I was thinking that... He, his knee, like, breaks his ankles, like, so many times. Oh. During parachute scene, that would have been, like, he a would've... terrible leg break. Yeah, if this was, like, a Final Destination movie, he'd be done for. There'd be, like, bones in his eye sockets. Be, like, leg bones in his eyes. That's how hard it would That would be. definitely be worth seeing in 3D. Yeah, right? <laughs> Okay, uh, let's do a little movie callback. Uh, callback, callback, callback. Thank you, call, Abe. Callback. <laughs> uh, this is where we discuss some of the movies that may relate in some way to the main feature of the week. Am I, am I being delayed now? I think there's a delay. Sure, sure, that's what it is. And, um, Abe, have you any movies to call back to this week? Yes, Robocop 2014, Empire Strikes Back, Dark Knight, Pulp Fiction, Transcendence, and the Archer TV series on FX. <laughs> Scott, any movies? Wow, what in the... Anyway, um, obviously Captain America, um, obviously 
you know, things like, you know, the parallax view, 3D as the condor, um, heat, the, the action sequence that you yeah. discussed a few minutes ago, very much reminiscent of heat in a good way. Um, Star Trek into darkness, a lot of the same subject, you know, a lot of the same, you know, political debates, discussions, you know, big issues being discussed. Star Trek into darkness dealt with it in a lot of the same way. Um, let's see. Hmm. It, 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 it's not the same in any particular sense, but it did feel like the Dark Knight to the last film's Batman Begins, in that Batman Begins was a very optimistic, you know, picture about, you know, good triumphing over evil, one man can make a difference, blah, blah, blah. And then you get to the sequel, and it's a much darker inversion of that moral certainty that Batman Begins had. Then it becomes a, this is something we didn't expect, what are we willing to do to defeat that? And again, you know, in post nine eleven, post drones, whatever, that's been the you know the the that's been the issue of our time, I would argue. Um, but you know, Winter Soldier, again, you have Captain America is a very optimistic. You know, America is awesome. America is a shining light. You know, morally, and then you get to Winter Soldier, where yeah, America right or wrong might not work, or America right or wrong, you know, my country right or wrong might not work. Uh, which one of the things I like about these films is that both films present Captain America, the character, as the best kind of patriot. In the first film, he is a shining example of everything that is good about America. While in the second film, he is shining a light on everything that could be bad about America and saying we can do better. Uh, which is, you know, as much as much a form of patriotism as the more conventional, you know, rah rah my country is of thee. Um, and I'll stop there. All right. Yeah, I have um, a lot of the same movies that you mentioned. Dark Knight was on there. Um, Three Days of the Condor. Three Days of the Condor is a great movie. I have not watched that in quite a bit. I need to watch that again soon. Um, and um, for Abe, 42. thought of 42. Oh. Um, so, yeah, movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Let's uh, let's go to our sponsors here. Uh, let's talk about Audible. Uh, each week, Out Now is brought to you by audible.com. You can go to audibletrial.com/podcast and get a free audiobook download. There are, oh, there are hundreds of thousands of titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 device, or any you know anything that you can play audio on through digital downloads. And for you, the listeners about now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download for with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have a book to recommend. It is called Call for the Dead, a George Smiley novel by John Le Carre. George, this is John Carr, of course, who offered the film, the, the book Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, which has turned into a film. George Smiley is one's idea of a spy, which is perhaps why he's such a natural. No one's idea of a spy, which is why he's perhaps such a natural. But Smiley apparently made a mistake after a routine security interview. He concluded that the affable Samuel Fennon had nothing to hide. Why then did he, did the man from the foreign office shoot himself in the head only hours late or di- later? Or did he? That's. <laughs> That's a brief recap of Call that of the Dead. Sounds, a wow. George Smiley novel, uh, which I'm really intrigued by. I should read more John Lacar because he has quite a few books that have been turned into really good movies. Um, that's just one of the many, many books you can get uh, audibletrial.com. So I sign up podcast. And if you go there and get a book, you can get that book. You can check out their service. If you don't like it, you can get rid of the service, but you get to keep the book anyway. Everybody wins. So there you go. Audibletrial.com. So I sign up podcast. That's, that's a great, that's a great game. I thought so. <laughs> Let's do a little uh, out now feedback. Feedback. That yeah, that's it. Uh, this is of course where we go over the Facebook results 
And I say that meaning we ask a lot of questions on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast. And you guys, the listeners, provide us answers. So we like to read those answers on the show, and we're going to do that now. Yeah. We asked, uh, who's your favorite superhero sidekick? Adam writes, Lois Lane in Man of Steel, which we're not really sure if she's a sidekick. Uh, That's a terrible answer. (laughs) Jason (laughs) writes, Hit Girl. Also a terrible answer. (laughs) She a superhero? She's not a sidekick. (laughs) She's, She's her own hero. Brandon writes, Abraham Mua, <laughs> which I paid him to do. <laughs> Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> and Philip writes, Dr. Watson, Sherlock is a superhero, right? It's the closest to a good answer, that's for sure. <laughs> Our uh, listeners are lame. Hey, hey, we Don't love the listeners. We love the listeners. <laughs> Scott's lame. That question caught him at an off time, apparently. But this next one has many more, this many, this one has many more answers. Okay, let's, let's redeem ourselves here. First, first, favorite action moment from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Jason has Thor and Loki fight on Stark Tower, and Red Skull and Captain America fight. Thor and Loki start on the on the Stark Tower. All right. Um, Brent has Brent has Hulk versus Loki. Tammy has Hulk versus Loki, and Dennis has Puny God and Hulk Thor tag team, culminating in the Hulk cheap shot on Thor. <laughs> Patrick has Iron Man 3 Stark versus Killian in suit-exchanging super battle. Adam has Iron Man versus Thor versus Captain America in the Avengers. Philip has Skinny Steve Rogers jumping on the grenade in the first cap choked me up good. I like that. That's whatever. That's a good idea. That's why I like Captain America. I'll count that as an action scene. Why not? And uh, George has Nick Cage peeing fire. Is that in continuity? That's that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do one second. Nick <laughs> I think you're one second, Chris, uh, or I'm sorry, you're one second, Dr. Brown. Doc Brown? Oh. <gasps> All right, we then asked, which Avenger or S.H.I.E.L.D. agent do you trust the most? Uh, I don't think Aaron and I really follow the S.H.I.E.L.D. TV series, so I we'll do. go into Okay, all right. Tammy writes, Thor... He learned his lesson in humility. He's ready to bring peace to the Nine Realms. Dennis writes Fitzsimmons, which I don't know what he's referring to. There's a character, there's two characters in Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. named Fitz and Simmons. Ah, uh, so it's like a, it's like a J-Lo. It's just, it's just absolutely hilarious. That's what it is. Because okay, there's characters named Fitz and Simmons. Just, is it? Thanks. It's just amazing. <laughs> Eric writes Tony Stark. Genius, playboy, philanthropist, millionaire. I believe he's a billionaire. Uh, he's always going to do what's in his best interest, not follow an agenda. When he blew up all those suits, the stocks took a massive plummet, so he's a millionaire. Yes. Thousands lost their jobs. Very sad. Yeah. Ah, uh. uh, I see. Okay. Right. Yeah. That, was, that was 2008, right? Anyhow. Corbin writes, obviously everyone in, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, but in all seriousness, I guess I would say Hulk. Uh Jason writes, Phil Coulson in Aunt Robin and Nick Fury. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Danny writes, Cap, he will always do what's right for everyone else. What a guy. And does, somebody, does somebody say Hulk? Hulk, yeah. Is it the Hulk? Never mind. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I trust it. I trust him to be, <laughs> I trust him to be one way, I guess. <laughs> uh, next up we have, where is Hawkeye? And uh, Philip has looking for chems. Duh. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Jason has taking a vacation. No, the correct answer is looking for chems. Yeah, that's that's 
Yeah. He's going to be on vacation doing it. Like, he's taking time off. That, that's true. Turned his phone off. <laughs> Turned his phone off. That's why he doesn't hear all these, you know, distressing calls for help in London and Washington, D.C. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So now we have a bunch of, a bunch of questions that you guys gave us, and we're going to answer some of those questions. Here we go. Corbin asks, what's your guy's favorite MCU film? Great question. Ooh. I mean, right off the top of my head, I'd say Iron Man with uh, John Favreau, uh, the first one. Oh, starring uh, John Favreau, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, he was the <laughs> butler. I mean, he was the driver. Um, Captain America, the first like, one. Sort of kicked off, a, kicked off a storm there. I do like that one a lot, too. I, I, you said Captain America, Scott? Yeah. I, I, <sighs> the 1991. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> um, I'm somewhere between Cap and Avengers, I guess. My question, be, what is it, what makes Avengers better than Winter Soldier? That's the question I've been trying to ask myself these days, because I keep seeing it, but I, I guess it's just the, the general awe of seeing all those guys together, right? That's, you know, falafel. <laughs> It's, yeah. shwar- it's shawarma, not falafel. Uh, <laughs> oh, shawarma, shawarma. My bad. Um, I think, you know, offhand, I think Avengers is a rare film that gets better as it goes along. Yeah, I agree with that. While yeah. most Marvel, arguably quite a few films in general, but especially the Marvel films, seem to peak in the first act. Um, That's not necessarily a criticism per se, but... For example, the first act of Captain America is arguably better than the montage-heavy third act, for example. Or the Tony Stark stuck in a cave first act of Iron Man is more interesting than the Rock Masaka Robots third act. It's that's that's why I don't dis, I don't mind Iron Man two that much because I think it's very consistent all the way through with what it's yes. doing. Um, <laughs> right, where I have a problem with Iron Man and how it basically just kind of. Gets really silly in the the end, as opposed to the beginning where it's so strong. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just totally forgot about the icing. So the icing problem. What's what's silly about that? It's just physics and chemistry. Um. Um. <laughs> uh, I guess I'd say the. Yeah. I guess I, it's either Avengers or Captain America: The First Avenger at this point. That's yeah. Where that's where I'm at. Nice. Um. What's the next question, Abe? George asks us: Do you guys watch any of the comic book? animated movie universe films on the animated front i think dc is far better than marvel but marvel obviously dominates the live action movies yep i mean in terms of quantity yes the marvel ones do i mean i i i think all i like the batman movies over all of these marvel movies rises yeah no i'd still i'd still say i like that watching that trilogy more than i'd watch all these marvel movies but at the same time uh, that, that said, animated, right. yes, DC is kicking ass. I think DC does a tremendous job. Scott, I know you watch all these DC movies, too. Yes. Um, I mean, th- some are better than others. Yeah. And unfortunately, the Marvel Universe, they stopped making those back in 2011. The, the Lionsgate releases. Yeah. Uh, but none of them, even the best of them, weren't anywhere near as good as the middling DC efforts, you know, for what it's worth. And that's nothing against the voice actors or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. but no, the DC, the Wonder Woman DC cartoon is awesome. It is. You almost don't need a Wonder Woman movie after that. I didn't need a Green Lantern movie, but I still got one, but that one's, <laughs> <laughs> that one's really good. Agreed. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there, there's an adaptation of the New Frontier that's very strong. Uh, 
the the behind the hood or under the hood, whatever it's called, the Batman movie with the red hood. Yeah. It's actually the rare one that absolutely completely improves on its source material. I agree with that, yeah. Um for reasons both spoiler and not spoiler. A not spoiler is just a terrific action picture. It's violent as crap. It probably would have been R rated in live action. Yeah. Um same thing with the Wonder Woman movie. Allegedly the Wonder Woman movie actually got an R rating the first time around. And they actually had to make cuts. Hmm. Um Wow. But, uh, I know, I know. I liked both parts of the Dark Knight Returns. Out of here. I know you liked the first part yeah. more than the. I liked them both, but I, I, to my surprise, I enjoyed the first part better. Yeah. Um, um, although I, I think part of that is because of the four books. I like book one. I like book three. Yeah, I that's think a, yeah. Book two is fine. Book four, the I ooh Batman versus Superman. I don't care. I, I didn't care when I was ten. I don't care now. Which might be a problem in a couple of years. Um, <laughs> um, maybe I'll just go for Jeremy Irons. Um, but anyway, uh, but no, they, they are they are terrific. Yeah, the, most of the DC films are very strong. Um, in fact, if you want a film that deals with a lot of the same issues as Captain America: The Winter Soldier, I recommend Superman versus the Elite, which really deals with the whole. You know, why should superheroes be limited by, you know, due process? Basically. It's the kind of thing oh. where, like, I don't find super, Superman that interesting very often, but a lot of these DC villains have actually yeah. proven to make him more interesting to me as a character. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's all I have to say about that. All right, let's go to our next question. This one's from Philip. What's the most surprising thing about the Marvel Cinema films? How serious they take themselves. I, um, I... I, I'm surprised by how it's able – there's been able to have so many effective films despite following a very specific template for the most part, regardless of how much they differentiate themselves by universe and whatnot. Um, for me, the biggest surprise is that how they got better. I was not a huge fan of Iron Man. I did not like the Incredible Hulk at all. I didn't like Iron Man 2. Uh, Thor was okay. But just the first Captain America movie was just, holy crap, this is what I've wanted for the whole time. And then I love the Avengers. I loved Iron Man 3. I have my issues with Thor 2, but whatever. But overall, they got a lot better a lot quick, pretty quickly. They did. Uh, to the point where I look forward to this, to see what they're going to do next. That, you know, if a film comes along like Thor 2 that doesn't quite do it for me, that's okay. Because there's a good chance the next one will be better. They all work, ba or at least they're all they're all at least enjoyable to an extent because of the actors involved. I think. Yes. So I think there's something to be said about the quality of the acting in these movies that surprised me. And considering how much the later films have done to try to retroactively fix Iron Man two, um, I would say as of now, Incredible Hulk is the only one that I would consider genuinely bad. Um, the rest of the ones, even the ones that I'm not crazy about, are very entertaining. I wouldn't mind watching them on a rainy day. It's funny because yeah. Iron Man – I keep going to Iron Man too, but I honestly like that movie quite a bit. And it, it comes on a lot on TV, and so do the other ones occasionally. But that, Iron Man 2 seems like the only one where I, I can I can, I can, can let that coast on television and do other things as, while that's well, in the background. <laughs> it's a I, perfect laundry-folding movie. It is because I think it's a screwball comedy. That's, yeah. It, it really is that. Like it's really just people talking and having traded quips and stuff, and there just happens to occasionally be some action in it. Not even occasionally. And some dancing. It's like there's like two action in it. There's two action in it. <laughs> Hey, if, oh. Sam, if Sam Rockwell dancing in Iron Man 2 alone is a reason why I love that movie. <laughs> oh, 
Um, no, I, I, the movie improves by virtue of, of what happens next to the universe and what it's setting up. Yeah. Um, I like it more than I did when I first saw it. Um, and again, you know, retroactively, you know, the films have gone out of their way to sort of fix Iron Man 2 story problems. Um, so, you know, again, you know, we're nine films in and the only genuinely I don't want to watch this of the bunch is probably The Incredible Hulk. And that's pretty impressive. That, that's a Harry nine Potter average. Yeah, that's a Harry Potter batting average right there. There you go. All right. What's the next question? Next question is, do you guys think the comic book film genre would run its course and get to the yawn stage? I'm already there, used to love them, but now I can't bring myself to watch them or even get mildly excited about any new release. That's a question from Scott Laster. What do you think, Scott? Me? Yeah. I think as long as they, and I think Marvel's obviously doing a better job of this than you know, DC, if they make a real effort to diversify their genre, and this is actually something I want to write about in the next you know, couple, couple days, couple weeks, whenever I get around to it, is that you know Marvel is in a u- unique position where they could basically take over Hollywood by virtue of providing a super version of every you know specific film genre. You want an action thriller, Captain America. You want a fantasy adventure, Thor. You want hard sci-fi, Guardians of the Galaxy. You want a you know somewhat quirky character-driven comedy, whatever, Iron Man. You want a giant yeah. mega superhero film, Avengers. And, you know, if, if Ant-Man's going to be a caper film, you want a light-hearted caper film? Ant-Man. You know, if they keep making a real effort to... <laughs> if you want a big domestic drama, Ant-Man. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously they haven't done, you know, when you consider a, like a, you know, a hardcore horror film, although they could, you know, or a romantic comedy, although they could. I think as long as the films are more than just generic superhero pictures if they are quality genre films that have good actors who come to work good technicians that come to work that just happen to involve characters and tights as opposed to just i would consider generic superhero pictures like green lantern or man of steel for example in my opinion or incredible Hulk, for that matter then i think the the, the superhero films will be fine because they won't be their own genre. Right now, they're at a point of where American animation is, where every, you know, despite, you know, you can say Up is different or, or you know, How to Train Your Dragon is different from a shark tale, whatever. But at the end of the day, every American animated film is pitched to the same audience and is to a certain extent the same thing in that it's a kind of comedic, maybe a little heavier than not, PG, G-rated, kid-centric caper adventure film you know it's tough to find an animated film in america that isn't somewhere along those lines and marvel is slowly breaking out of that woodwork and that's why i think guardian galaxy is important because that's their first film that really isn't a superhero film by any stretch of the imagination you know those characters from what little i know about them are not superheroes if anything they're anti-heroes um so i think if marvel and God willing, DC, make an effort to diversify not just the characters, but the kinds of films that these characters exist in, then they can go on for as long as they want, because they won't, you know, be, you know, one of the same and two of the other. They will be, you know, December, you get 
the fantasy film. That's Thor. April, you get the action thriller, Captain America. August, you get the hard sci-fi, Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, what have you. Um, and I think most of the people that always come, oh, there's too many superhero films, wah, wah, wah. They're not, they don't want to see them anyway. So what are they complaining about? Mm-hmm. And yes, they are to a certain extent crowding out other films in the multiplex, and that is a problem. But in this era where there's so much good stuff on VOD and other outlets, people that hate superhero films, fine. There's a bajillion other quality adult films out there. You just have to take 10 seconds to find them. Um, yeah. So do I think the superhero genre is going to burn out? At the rate it's going, not for a long time. Yeah, that's the that's the way I'd put it. <laughs> that's, the, that's how I'd say too. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah, Aaron Newworth agrees. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also think that's, that's DC's biggest problem, and that's you know because at the end of the day, part of it's because they don't make a bunch of them, so they can't really diversify their genre. But one of the big problems with Green Lantern was that it was generic superhero film, the movie. You know, and that summer where you had a period World War II adventure like Captain America or even a 1960s spy caper like X-Men First Class, you had Green Lantern, which was just, uh, it's a superhero movie. Yeah. Um, that Green Lantern is what will kill the genre. Even with my issues with it, Captain America Winter Soldier is what will keep it alive. Uh- <laughs> We're just really knocking on Ryan Reynolds. That's what I've learned from this one. Um, oh, I, I think he's fine again. I know. I, I, our Green Lantern. I know. I know. Yeah. It's just that move. That movie has not gotten a good reputation on this show. That's for sure. Um, all right. Last question. This one's I think is for you, Abe. Uh, Joshua asks, why can't no team stop the Kentucky Wildcats from winning a championship this year? Because grammar like that, buddy. Like <laughs> that. Why can't any teams? <laughs> why can't no team? I can't no team. <laughs> Triple negative. They're Wildcats, man. They're Wildcats. They're going to play against the Yukon Huskies. Wildcats versus Huskies. I mean, the nature, the laws of nature would make a Wildcat win. I'm curious to see who will win, though, because Kevin Ollie did do a great job with his Yukon Huskies this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, John Calipari versus Kevin Ollie. I, I don't know. It's a young upstart team versus uh, John Calipari. I don't know. It's a good, it's a good game, I guess. Seven and an eight seed. That was 45 Seconds on Sports with Abe. <laughs> Is that good? You like that one? That was awesome. <laughs> in the morning on KWL. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on here. Let's, uh, let's get let's a little. Oh, my God. Speaking of, speaking of Scott giving monologue, let's get to the box office. Let's go over, I'll make this as quick as possible. Let's go over the box office totals. Find out if our previous predictions were anywhere close to what actually happened. Abe, do you remember what you predicted for Captain America, yeah. the Winter Soldier? Just- I was an idiot and I said 62 million. It's a 67. You're a little higher. Yeah. I said 87. I jumped up 20 on you. Captain America made a, a, a tidbit more than that. Hit 90, what, 6? Yeah, 96. Yeah. It's, it's got what happened at the box office this week. Well, it was the kind of breakout sequel that I talk about when I rant about, you know, the Bourne Supremacy, X2, and to a lesser extent, you know, something like Dark Knight or Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest where you have a popular sequel, or excuse me, a popular original, well-reviewed, well-liked, doesn't really go nuts the first time around, but the audience is still there, and it grows in esteem over the years, and then when the sequel comes out, everybody shows up over winning weekend. Now, I was wrong. I did not think Captain America 2 would be that kind of sequel, for the very simple reason is that 
you know, I loved it when I first saw it. I thought it was the best Marvel film by a blah, 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 blah. But it didn't feel like the heat was there two and a half years later. And as I said, I felt he got water, you know, he got the bum stick of the Avengers. I don't think that showed him off at his best. And when you look at the franchises that people talk about online, let's just say nobody makes Tumblr blogs about Chris Evans <laughs> the way they do with, you know, Tom Hiddleston, for example. You know, the, the frenzied fan base of Thor isn't there for Captain America. Now, where my error perhaps lied is while Thor was, you know, certain examples of online frenzy being mistaken for mainstream interest, like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, for example, Captain America was arguably a case where the online communities weren't all that excited, but everybody else was very interested. Uh, they just didn't write mash notes on their Facebook page. Um, so yeah, 90, $96 million, biggest April opening by a decent margin, $10 million above Fast Five. Even adjusted for inflation, it's bigger. Um, crossed $300 million worldwide over the last uh, 15, 14 days. Whatever, 12, 13 days, whatever. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's been out overseas for the last week and a half. Um, it did 207 world overseas thus far. The original Captain America did 194 overseas, period. The original Captain America did 371 worldwide, 375-ish. This will beat that handily by next week. Um, the only question now is whether it does 500 million, 600 million, or 700 million. Uh, generally speaking, Marvel movies in America do either 2.4 times their weekend or 2.7 times their weekend. I'm leaning toward 2.7 because people really like this one. The word of mouth is much better than Thor 2. And April's a pretty slow month. Yeah. I don't think draft day is going to be a problem. Uh, I don't think Oculus or Haunted House 2 is going to threaten uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. So arguably speaking, it's got clean sailing for the month of April. Uh, Rio will be big, but Rio will be with kids that are too young to see Captain America 2 anyway. Um, so yeah, and there's really not much more to say about that other than that. Yeah. It was a two-breakout film, and let me tell you, if I'm Batman or Superman, I'm thinking July 22nd, 2016 is starting to look really good right about now. <laughs> As opposed to its current date of, what, May 3rd or whatever? May which 6th, is 2016. May 6th, which is... Captain America 3. Yeah, so see where Ooh. that goes. All right. Thanks, Scott. Let's, um, so let's do... What's up? <laughs> it's getting late here, what, but what oh. time is it, Gabe? Yeah, I believe that it's time for some games, Aaron. Winter soldiery this week, sir. Yeah, thought so. It's yeah. chilly. Since Scott's on the show this week, I thought it'd be fun to have WWMMD, which movie made more dough. <laughs> so, I'm going to read off uh, a couple films here, which have some of the actors and uh, stars from Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh, both of you guys will provide an answer, and one of you guys will be the victor. Uh, to the extent so, that this matters, is domestic go. or worldwide? Domestic. Okay. Domestic. Domestic, yeah. All right, number one. The Horse Whisperer, or 1408. Ooh, I think The Horse Whisperer. I, Aaron? I guess I'll say Horse Whisperer. That's a tie. It's, it, it is The Horse Whisperer. 75 million to 71 million. 14, I remember 1408 was a hit, 
or it what was. it was. Yeah. I like that movie. I really don't remember that movie as a hit. The first scene between John Cusick and Samuel L. Jackson is one of my favorite scripted scenes in the last 20 years. Was, I love it. It was the kind of screen that made me, scene that made me think, huh, man, good thing they credited them. Co-. And then I realized Sam Jackson's like not in most of this movie after that. Yeah. <laughs> like he's just not around, <laughs> even though he's promptly billed in all the trailers. Were. Yeah. And he's on the, he's on the poster. He's on the damn poster, yeah. <laughs> Number two. Lost in Translation or Gangster Squad? Ew. Oh. Uh, um, I can't look anything up to. I'm try, I'll, I'll say Lost in Translation. Okay. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with Lost in Translation. Gangster Squad. Longer. Damn it. Darn it. 46 million for Gangster Squad, 44.5 for Lost in Translation. I thought Gangster Squad would be, it was a bigger hit. <laughs> <laughs> so Abe gets that one. Like, I figured, I figured Translation got, like, that Oscar bump or whatever. So, yeah. And, like, the, like, look how good Murray is in this drama type thing, but I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and Johansson. Uh, number three. Not another teen movie with Chris Evans or Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. With Anthony Mackie. Yeah. yeah. Uh... I have to go with Aunt, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, Abra- Abraham Lincoln. I think that one's stiffed. The other one. Not another team movie came in with 38.2. Abraham oh, Lincoln, 37.5. No. Wow. How did that movie yeah. last? I don't know. It's actually one of those funnier teen movies during that time. That, it, it probably that had, I... it had that MTV bump. What are you talking about? They're just nonstop <laughs> blasting it. Look at this guy at his whipped cream swim trunks. <laughs> Look at Captain. Look at future Captain America. Look at Captain America with a banana between his ass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number four, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, or her? Oh, I don't know her as final total. Uh, I'll say her. Okay, her according to Box Office Mojo, twenty-five point four. Scott Pilgrim, thirty-one point five. Whoa, I'm not doing very well tonight. That's okay. Now there's Aaron. I'm winning. <laughs> Number five, the spirit, oh, God, or the hurt locker. Hurt locker. No, wait, no. Oh my the God. Spirit. Yeah, I'll say the spirit. Spirit. Both you guys are correct on that one. Good yeah. change of answer there, Aaron. The spirit, nineteen point eight. The hurt locker, seventeen point zero. Yeah. For the record, Scarlett Johansson is awesome in the spirit. She's, she's hilarious in that movie. Yeah, she's like the one good thing. Yeah, sixty in a movie again. Out of like three hundred, <laughs> out of three hundred things in that movie, she's the one good thing. Well, the one that plays a young Eva Mendes is also pretty cool. Fair. It's fun watching Eva Mendes get outacted by a child, and whoever <laughs> plays the spirit, Gabriel Macht. Yeah, he also gets outacted by a child. <laughs> Number six, Django Unchained or Captain America: The First Avenger. Oh wow, that's closer than you would think. Crap. Um, hmm. Django made a chair. Uh, I know exactly how much Captain America made. I don't remember how much exactly Django and Chain made. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say, Cap, I'm gonna say Cap. I'm gonna say Django just to be different. Okay, it's Captain America with 176 oh. million. Django 162 million. Mm, that's ah. close. That was close. All right, number seven. Pulp Fiction or SWAT? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. SWAT with wait, one six. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, Scott. Scott, you Yeah, Pulp Fiction was 107, SWAT with 116. Yeah. Oh, I thought Pulp Fiction was like one. Fudge. Okay. 
All right. I thought Number it was higher. Eight. Unbreakable or Zero Dark Thirty with Frank Grillo? They both made the exact same amount of money. Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, God. Yeah, Zero <laughs> Dark Thirty by like a million. That's correct, yeah. 95.7, the other one 95.0. <laughs> Aaron and Scat. All right, two more. Real Seal with Anthony Mackie, or he's just not into you. That in, he's just not that into you with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Um, I'll say he's just not that into you. Yeah, you guys he's are both correct. Yes, although Real Steel made like two fifty worldwide. So yeah, Real Steel eighty five domestic. He's just that just not that into you ninety three uh, domestic. Me and my two guy friends saw that on a crowded Friday night. <laughs> yeah, it, it opened very well. Yep. And lastly, we bought a zoo, or Turbo, the animated film that zoo. Aaron hates. Zoo. Zoo. Turbo made 83. We bought a zoo 75. Oh. Turbo got that high. Right. Turbo yeah. got that high. All right. According to this, uh, it looks like Aaron went on his own. Abe actually won. But you guys had four of them that you guys both called correctly. Okay. So the winner would technically be Abe, sort of. Okay. Here's a here's a fun question. Yeah. How, how many movies has Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson been in together? I want to say three. I can't think of the others other than the two obvious ones. Was he in Ghost World or something? Six movies they shared together. Six wow. Movies. The Perfect Score. Perfect uh, score. What the hell is that? Was that, 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 was that the SAT movie? That's oh, the SAT no. movie. Uh, the Nanny Diaries. Oh. Um. And yeah. Then Captain America, Avengers. Then uh, the the other one, Captain. <laughs> um, wait. <laughs> I was I was gonna make a, a Six Degrees game because um, uh, Robert Redford and Scarlett Johansson were also in a movie together. The they Fusion. were. Yeah. So, Huge. but it was. She's the one that dies at the opening scene, right? Or is she the daughter? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen the movie. No, I mean, the the, the, the inciting incident is they're riding their the, – the daughter and her friend are riding a horse. The horse keels over. The friend is killed, and she gets her leg amputated. And I don't Man, know if she's the girl that dies or the one that gets – you know, the lead character. Wow. Um, Dark depressing. Well, Anyhow. it's a drama. More on the that horse whisperer later. <laughs> Thanks for the game, Abe. Was... Yeah. Okay, let's do a little out now. Presents what's out now. These are new movies coming out on DVD and Blu-ray or streaming this week. We have The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smoke. It's Smoke Doctor. Okay. Smaug. Um, August Osage County. I didn't see it. Which I enjoyed. Good. It's fine. I liked it. Uh, Grudge Match, which is not good. Um, Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones, which I liked. Uh, I will catch up on that. I liked it. I thought that was a good, solid entry into this series, in terms of mythology, anyway. And uh, Nurse 3D, which I did not see. I about that. Didn't see it, but uh, it's a movie. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Next week, we're going to talk about The Raid 2. That is our plan for that show. And... uh, yeah, things to talk about there. I don't need to do box office, because why? Like, it's, <laughs> it's not going to be in the top ten, I can tell you. Well, I mean, who knows? I don't know. It's spreading wider next week. It'd be week. great if it did. That'd be, that'd be something if it was, like, number ten all of a sudden. I don't see how that would happen, but whatever. 
And, uh, yeah, it's been a long show. Let's wrap it up here. Let's, uh, let's do it. That's going to do it for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for all my Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com as twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Breaking Bad. Almost done. And Scott? Forbes. Uh, yeah, you can. I, I write for Forbes. Um, you can go on Forbes and Google me. Great. Please do. Yeah, he puts up some quality articles, I would say. Yeah, I do. At least every other every other one is good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's uh, you can find all the other episodes about now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at hhwlod.com. You can find other shows there as well, because that is the podcast network that hosts our site, and there are fun shows about games and comics and other fun stuff like that. Find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com and also at youtube.com slash outnowpodcast. Outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Interact with us over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And of course, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail, 972 798 3830. Feel free to leave us a voicemail, and you know, if it's like a cool question or something, we might, we might be able to play it on the show and you know, have that going for us. And uh, lastly, yeah, leave us yeah. an iTunes review. We only we, we'd love to get six more reviews, that'd be a great like goal to like meet in the amount of time that you have, which is you know, quite a few weeks. So, there you go. And uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for the show. Scott Mendelson, thank you for joining us tonight. Always Thanks, a pleasure. Scott. And uh, yeah, until next week when we get really exhausted talking about the raid, too. That's going to do it for this Captain America tangent-heavy episode about now their name. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Ta-ta. Oh.
sacred connections I dig my directions When people say that's okay They don't bother me I'm ready to make it Don't care what the weather Don't care about no trouble Got myself together I feel a kind of protection That's all around me I'm gonna uh, Joshua asks Why can't no team stop The Kentucky Wildcats From winning a championship this year? Because grammar like that, buddy. Like that. <laughs> Why can't any teams? <laughs> Why can't no team? Why can't no team? <laughs>